0: Thank you for joining me for today's Beastwatch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastwatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. Few people know what this US election is really all about. It is about fulfilling Bible prophecy. The scandals and high political heat, the great divide between the left and right, are only catalysts to cause Yahweh's selected man to inhabit the White House and do His will, whether that is President Trump for another four years, or Joe Biden for his first term as President While everyone is obsessed with the election mess in America, some other things have been happening in the place on which Bible prophecies are centered, Israel and the Middle East. Next Tuesday could turn into Groundhog Day for a while, as the election results are sorted out for weeks or months. The drama won't end on Tuesday, it will just be starting. Meanwhile, Let's take a look at the changing dynamics in Israel and the Middle East being perpetrated by the United States. Starting with what Americans are really voting for, America led by a man who is working to cause Israel's rise as Mystery Babylon, or America led by a man whose main concern is lining his own pockets. Either way, Yahweh is in control of this election as he has been in all of America's elections. Special advisor to Jared Kushner and presidential assistant Avi Berkowitz said he feared a negative impact on Israel's normalization with other countries in the region if Joe Biden wins the presidency. One rabbi fears the Gog Magog war will come if Biden wins. He doesn't understand that the Gog-Magog war will happen under either president. There will be war in the West Bank. What we don't know is whether the U.S. will trigger it by helping Israel to further harm non-Jews living in Israel and the West Bank, or by trying to stop the Jewish leadership from continuing in its harm to non-Jews. Scenario number one is the likely one under an Israel-friendly administration, such as Trump's or another administration in the future. Scenario number two is likely under a Biden or other unfriendly Israel administration, like the former Obama administration, which Biden will continue The Israel-friendly White House will help Israel in its pursuit of happiness and annexing the entire West Bank, thus causing war there. The Israel-unfriendly White House will try to force Israel to return to negotiating with the Palestinians. The problem with the latter is it is likely that Israel is now past the time when Yahweh's land will be divided this way unless a future prime minister who is not Netanyahu comes along. Netanyahu would rather die than switch at this point. Joe Biden has a long standard record of being pro-Israel but that term needs to be defined. Trump is also pro-Israel. But these two men have different definitions for that term. Jewish Virtual Library says, Joe has made it clear he will not tie security assistance to any political decisions that Israel makes. The Biden-Harris administration will sustain America's unbreakable commitment to Israel's security, including the unprecedented military and intelligence cooperation pioneered during the Obama-Biden administration and the guarantee that Israel will always maintain its qualitative military edge. Joe Biden believes in the worth and value of every Palestinian and every Israeli. He will work to ensure that Palestinians and Israelis enjoy equal measures of freedom, security, prosperity, and democracy. His policies will be grounded in a commitment to a two-state solution where Israel and the future viable state of Palestine will live together in peace, security, and mutual cooperation. Biden opposes any unilateral steps by either side that undermine a two-state solution. He opposes annexation and settlement expansion and will continue to oppose both as president. As president, Biden will take immediate steps. To restore economic and humanitarian assistance to the Palestinian people consistent with U.S. law including assistance to refugees work to address the ongoing humanitarian crisis in Gaza reopen the U.S. consulate in East Jerusalem and work to reopen the PLO mission in Washington Biden will reverse Trump's progress in Israel This reversal will not sit well with Netanyahu and his religious right. The pro-Israel terms meaning for Biden is a return to the status of Israel in the Obama administration's time. Americans are voting for how Yahweh's land will be divided. Will Jerusalem's and the land's division come through creating false boundaries to make two states out of one? Or will the division come through forcing out all non-Jews through the Abraham Accord? This is the prophecy vote behind the U.S. election. Both ways will eventually cause war. There is no way out of war in Israel so your vote has to do with which way war will come to Israel not whether it will come in fact last week the Trump and Netanyahu administrations signed an agreement between the US and Israel which is designed to shore up the US's military assistance for Israel in the event of war this was done ahead of and in preparation for a possible Biden win alternate Prime Minister and Defense Minister Benny Gantz and US Secretary of Defense Mark Esper signed a joint agreement on maintaining Israel's qualitative military edge in the region at the Pentagon on Thursday Gantz hailed the agreement as a confirmation of the US commitment to Israel's security The agreement comes on the heels of Israeli concerns regarding rumored U.S. sales of F-35 fighter jets to the UAE. The effects of the joint agreement will reach into the next presidential administration. According to a September Reuters report, the U.S. was preparing to sell the aircraft to the UAE as early as December 2020, although working on a solution to maintain Israel's military superiority in the region Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has come under fire for allegedly failing to disclose a secret clause in the UAE-Israel peace deal that would allow Washington to sell advanced military equipment to the UAE. At the signing ceremony Esper reiterated that Israel's security is a major priority for the US. Gantz emphasized the importance of the military cooperation between the U.S. and Israel, especially as the Jewish state's normalization agreements shift alliances across the Middle East. He touted the agreement as a major leap forward for Israel's security interests, and indeed it is. Speaking to JNS, a senior former defense source said that the central aspect of the agreement centers on securing U.S. loans for the early delivery of defense systems that have already been authorized for sale to Israel. Although neither Gantz nor Esper specified what these systems are, Israel is seeking to purchase additional Lockheed Martin-made F-35 fighter jets, and the Israel Defense Forces is due to announce which kind of new generation transport helicopter it will select to replace its aging fleet. Lockheed Martin has offered Israel its new CH-53K transport helicopter, while Boeing is offering its Chinook CH-47 platform. It is unlikely that this agreement will cause more Jews to vote for Trump. Jews are voting for Trump and Biden for mostly superficial reasons. The important prophetic part is that the U.S. has now entrenched itself even deeper with Israel's security. Eight American Israelis who voted or are voting in the U.S. presidential election, according to JPost. Post, next week, explained why they voted the way they voted in a video compiled by the Jerusalem Press Club. Some of those supporting Biden are doing so because he is not Trump. A few of those supporting Trump said they are doing so because of their perception of what Trump has done for Israel. The recent shift in the Middle East has more ramifications for the world than America's economic situation or even the corruption of the Democrats and Joe Biden. The issues being fought about in the American media are not the real issues at all. The real issue, the prophetic issue, is Israel and the Middle East. Gantz remarked that the Abraham Accords are now making it possible for Israel to face Iran in a direct conflict. This is really the ramifications of the Arab states aligning themselves with Israel, war with Iran. Now that we are entering an era of positive normalization processes in the Middle East, which actually can face an aggressive Iran across the region, Gantz said, as long as America will come to Israel's rescue, Gantz and Netanyahu are on board with the U.S. sale of F-35 fighter jets to the UAE. Another timely change in U.S.-Israeli relations came around this week. The Trump administration will allow Jerusalem-born U.S. passport holders to add Israel to their birthplaces, Politico reported. The decision, confirmed by a U.S. official on Wednesday, is the latest by President Donald Trump that favors Israel. In the long-running Israeli-Palestinian conflict, it could be revealed as early as Thursday, just days before next week's U.S. presidential election, and it could help Trump as he seeks to turn out evangelical Christians and other voters in his base who strongly support Israel. American passports have not used the phrase Jerusalem, Israel, because the exact status of the city has long been disputed as part of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Prior to Trump, U.S. policy had been that the city's borders and status are issues subject to negotiations between Israelis and Palestinians. Thus, U.S. passports have simply stated their bearers were born in Jerusalem. The U.S. official said the new policy, at least as of Wednesday, is that U.S. passport holders who were born in Jerusalem will have the option of having Israel listed as the country or simply leaving it as Jerusalem. The State Department is expected to make the announcement. Further drawing on his support for Israel, the Trump administration has, just this week, declared that settlements in Judea and Samaria are not necessarily illegal into action for the first time on Wednesday, expanding a set of scientific cooperation agreements with Israel to include those areas and the Golan Heights. This is really quite momentous, Professor Kontorovich of George Mason Law School said on Tuesday. It is the first time the U.S. has adopted a policy that explicitly and clearly authorizes the use of funds across the Green Line. It's a very strong recognition that settlements are not illegal. They announced that, but now they're putting meat on the bones." Or should we say the U.S. is putting teeth in the mouth of the Gog Magog war machine? It is no coincidence that Trump is pulling out these prophetic playing cards just days before the election. It isn't simply that Trump is working for more Jewish and evangelical votes, though. He understands whether consciously or subconsciously, what the U.S. and Jewish media do not. This election is not about what is being reported in the news. It is all about fulfilling the prophecies in Scripture. And Israel is at the center of Bible prophecy. Ivanka prayed at her Messiah's, Rabbi Schneerson's grave, for Trump's reelection. That should give us a clue. Israel approved 2,166 new settler homes across the occupied West Bank a couple of weeks ago. The approvals came less than a month after the United Arab Emirates in Bahrain signed agreements to normalize relations with Israel, which in turn pledged to freeze its plans to annex swaths of the West Bank. I was opposed in the past to calling West Bank settlements settlements and where the Jews settled occupied areas. Two things changed my mind. First, I was told by a Jewish woman when I visited a West Bank settlement that she was proud to call her village a settlement and that I should not oppose the term. Second, Understanding that the modern UN created state of Israel is not biblical Israel has helped and that the coming Jewish Messiah will not be our beloved Yeshua who is God and King of biblical Israel. The understanding that the two houses of Judah and Israel have already been restored through Yeshua made a big paradigm shift in me. The two houses did exist. They still exist in the world where Christians and Jews both tout their own replacement theologies. The existence of the two houses is tied to their replacement theologies. Thus, the two houses only exist in the world political realm. They no longer exist in Yahweh's view, except in so far. As he must destroy them both in the minds of his people in the end of days both houses complete destruction already happened when Yeshua died and resurrected with the renewed and restored Israel but his rebellious people deny his restorative work to this day The Jews claim it is only they who get to inherit the promised land. Christians and other Ephraimites have no place there. And the Christians say they replaced the Jews, and Christians are the renewed Israel. But they don't want the land. They get a better place, heaven. Both of their rebellions against Yahweh shows up in the language of Jews and Christians who refer to God's people as Jews and Gentiles. There never were Jews and Gentiles in the Tanakh and there won't be Jews and Gentiles in the kingdom. There will only be Israel. The Jews and Gentiles terminology was used in the New Testament by the Apostles as a convenience for culture's sake only. Yet here we are today Still struggling over whether or not Yeshua completed his mission to restore the twelve tribes. He did. Otherwise there cannot be a biblical Israel in our future. A biblical Israel wherein all the people subject themselves to him as their God and king. Only believers in Yeshua will be in his kingdom. There won't be any Jews and there won't be any christians in the kingdom there will be however israelites from all twelve tribes all that is left for him to do is to plant all twelve tribes back in biblical israel territory each within their tribal boundaries by ingathering them this is why i no longer have a problem calling a settlement a settlement and saying that Israel is occupying the West Bank. Modern Israel, the Jewish-only state, is an occupier all over Yahweh's land, where his 12 tribes were once established, and will be established again. But now there are people who belong to only four tribes in Israel living there. The fact that Israel has made the move to create a new settlement in what is not their biblical territory after agreeing there would be no annexation under the Abraham Accords attests to Jewish belligerence and their determination to achieve their agenda of making the land into a Jewish only land. Their Jewish-only mentality arises out of their rebellion against Yeshua and will lead to their destruction, regardless of who wins the U.S. election. How do I know this? The Abraham Accords have now been accepted in the U.S. Congress, further tying America to Israel's fate. An overwhelming majority of both chambers of Congress have introduced resolutions in support of the Abraham Accords, which normalize ties between Israel and the UAE and Bahrain, the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee, or AIPAC, announced on October 22nd under Senate Resolution 709. 91 Senators co-sponsored a Senate version of the resolution, which congratulates the governments and people of Israel, the UAE and Bahrain, on reaching historic agreements. It reaffirms its strong support for a negotiated solution, To the Israeli-Palestinian conflict resulting in two states, a democratic Jewish state of Israel and a viable democratic Palestinian state living side by side in peace, security, and mutual recognition. Regardless of who wins the elections, the Abraham Accords will continue and Jerusalem will continue to rise as mystery Babylon. Here is more of what this J-Post article has to say. The resolution also encourages other Arab nations to establish full relations with Israel with the vision of realizing full peace between Israel and all its Arab neighbors. The list of co-sponsors was not final and more members might add their names, APAC said. The resolution also reaffirms strong support for the legal requirements that US arms sales may not adversely affect Israel's ability to defend itself and its strong support for a negotiated two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The US Congress is vesting interest In Israel by supporting Trump's plans but hedging its bet in case Biden wins and wants to push for Israel and the Palestinians to come back to the negotiating table have you heard any of this in the news no you would only know this if you went looking for what is happening regarding these things or by listening to this Beast Watch News report Meanwhile, during all the scandals and other coverage, Trump brokered Sudan into the Abraham Accords. This WhiteHouse.gov article opens with, They are choosing a future in which Arabs and Israelis, Muslims, Jews, and Christians can live together, pray together, dream together, side by side, in harmony, community, and peace. This is the definition of Jerusalem as the place where all religions will be welcome. You can go there and worship your God because Jerusalem is also the prayer house for Hindus and others, as I have reported in the past. But if you believe the definition of Israel is that it is the biblical territory of Yeshua and that he is your God and King, you will not be welcome. The two witnesses will be killed after their 1260-day gospel message is complete. Those who have a different message than the Jews and their Antichrist will not be tolerated in Jerusalem. The article further says, Today Israel and Sudan have agreed to make peace and to normalize their relations in another landmark agreement brokered by President Trump. In the coming weeks, the two countries will begin negotiations on cooperation agreements in agriculture, economy, trade, aviation, migration issues, and other areas of mutual benefit. This historic peace agreement follows similar agreements between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, and Israel and the Kingdom of Bahrain. The United Arab Emirates, Bahrain and Sudan, are the first Arab nations to normalize relations with Israel in over 25 years. The expansion of the Abraham Accords to include Sudan is a significant step that will further enhance Israel's security and create opportunities for Sudan and Israel to deepen their economic ties and improve the lives of their people. After decades living under a brutal Islamist dictatorship that supported terrorism, the people of Sudan are in charge and democracy is taking root. The Sudanese transitional government has demonstrated tremendous courage and commitment to combating terrorism, building its democratic institutions and improving its relations with its neighbors. The United States welcomes this important Progress and stands ready to support the people of Sudan as they work to build a better future for themselves and future generations It is noteworthy that Sudan is one of the nations that will be destroyed by the king of the north Joining the Abraham Accords did not help Sudan It lumped them in with Israel which Iran and its coalition seek to destroy Haaretz published a not-so-fast article, saying, Finally, Israelis will be able to seek political asylum in Sudan, ran the joke last Friday, after the announcement of an agreement to normalize relations between the two countries. In a more serious vein, there was already talk in Israel of the anticipated benefits of finally being able to deport Sudanese refugees and asylum seekers back to their country as expected the routine of signing normalization agreements with Arab states automatically opened diplomatic and military Excel sheets replete with columns showing losses and gains made by both sides as if peace with another Arab state in the Middle East is no more than a business transaction The advantages for both sides are clearly obvious. Sudan will be removed from the list of countries supporting terror and will be able to start receiving crucial loans from international financing agencies, mainly the International Monetary Fund. Multinational corporations will be able to invest there and create thousands of jobs, allowing one of the world's poorest countries to perhaps start rebuilding itself after decades of being led by a murderous leader, Omar al-Bashir. With this agreement, Israel will complete the creation of a safety cordon in the Red Sea, which includes Egypt, Jordan, South Sudan, and Saudi Arabia. The transfer of weapons from the Sinai Peninsula to Gaza, which relies on smuggling routes passing through Sudan, may be further curtailed. But the main asset from Israel's perspective is the stabilization of the normalization process with other Arab countries and its acceptance as part of a strategy that serves the interests of those countries. The Knesset's Palestinian joint list of Arab parties roundly condemned the normalization deal between Israel and Sudan while a former chairman of the Balad party one of the constituents of the joint list, called for the Sudanese people to overthrow the government because of the agreement. Trump said this week that there are up to 10 countries that he expects to soon normalize relations with Israel, but that the developments would largely happen after next week's presidential elections. One of those countries expected to sign on is Saudi Arabia. Mossad Chief Yossi Cohen has stated that he believes Saudi Arabia will normalize ties with Israel, but will do so after the U.S. election to capitalize fully on such a decision with whoever is the next president. The report said Israel believes any such Saudi decision will be cushioned by a significant arms deal with Washington, similar to the u.s agreement to sell advanced weaponry to the united arab emirates which israel has approved but which has proven highly controversial in jerusalem another arab country in the queue is oman the abraham accords are hailed as a historic opportunity for bilateral trade and commerce it is no coincidence that COVID and the Abraham Accords have arrived at the same time. This was orchestrated by Yahweh and taken advantage of by the U.S. and Israel to turn the world into a global government under the rule of the coming Jewish Messiah. This agenda is hidden from the public. It is nonetheless there... Because the globalist agenda is to do a global reset, and scripture says that Mystery Babylon, Jerusalem, will be the center of the world's economics, Revelation 18. The World Economic Forum, or WEF, under Klaus Schwab. Published in a book in August 2020 the four building blocks of the fourth industrial revolution where you and I become part of their industry we won't be working in their industry we are their industry the two birds COVID and the Abraham Accords swooped in and have killed the old world order. May free market capitalism and religious freedom rest in peace. What is coming is state capitalism and many religions acquiescing to the world's Jewish Messiah. The first of the WEF's four building blocks is to change our mindset. If we made it up once, we can make it up again. The WEF says our current outlook is based on fundamentally wrong assumptions and that dramatic transformation is possible with a change of mindset. A basic assumption of capitalism is that inequality is just an unfortunate byproduct of progress. Inequality is a political choice based on a flawed ideology. The market will provide and not the inevitable result of technology and globalization this is neither true nor irreversible another myth is that humans are intrinsically selfish uncooperative and aggressive and without the civilizing influence of governments and leaders order would soon break down and chaos reign Research shows that in over 200,000 years of human history, we are, in reality, hardwired to be kind, cooperative, and caring. But we run our countries, civic institutions, companies, schools, often even our families, based on this deeply negative and incorrect assumption about human behavior. When this assumption changes, Everything changes with real-world examples from the Norwegian prison system to a real-world Lord of the Flies. Our view of the world was simply made up, and made up by a surprisingly small but depressingly influential number of individuals from Machiavelli and Adam Smith to Milton Friedman and William Golding. But if we made it up once... We can make it up again, and there are plenty of people out there with great new ideas to work with if we started to take them seriously. The Bible got it wrong, which is why you must die for telling people they are sinning when they have sex with someone of the same gender or kill a baby by abortion. Didn't you know that these are actually acts of kindness, dear people? you dear useless deplorables COVID-19 the book further says has shown the truth on both of these counts what is important to quote Henry Ford is to realize whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right ah COVID to the rescue The globalists are relying on COVID to scare the wits out of the world's people to drive them into the chute, taking them to slaughter. Number two in this book is to create new metrics. Measuring what matters will change everything. Because seeking God changes nothing. We must turn to metrics. GDP, or Gross Domestic Product, measures the wrong things. Measuring the right things will give governments, businesses, and citizens the knowledge they need to take the brave and challenging steps required to move to a more people- and planet-centered way of living. GDP fails on so many levels. It measures wealth and ignores its distribution. It fails to even register the human and financial costs of capitalism externalities such as social welfare environmental degradation and the social mental and physical health costs of innovations oh yes we must do away with capitalism in America and when Americans hear this what comes to mind are the Chinese and Russians The problem is that the communists of China and Russia are actually capitalist. They are state capitalists. A capitalist state is a communist government with an economic model designed to accumulate wealth in the hands of the government. China's domestic business model is capitalistic while its government is communist, meaning the government is everything, and the public is nothing but producers of things. This is where the world is headed under the Jewish Marxist economic model of Mystery Babylon, which President Trump has busied himself with helping it to rise as the world's economic capital. Ian Bremmer in his book The End of the Free Market says that corporations based in free market economies face growing competition from companies based in state capitalist economies and that is upending global economics. Bremmer defines state capitalism as Economies in which the state is the principal actor and judge and uses the markets for political gains. China, Russia, and Venezuela are among the examples. In free market economies such as the U.S., Europe, and Japan, multinational corporations are the principal actors. Read Revelation 18, and you will see that Mystery Babylon, headed by Jerusalem's new king, declaring himself to be God, is both the head of the Jewish state and the center of the world's economy. In short, Jerusalem will become a state capitalist economy. The WEF further says, dissatisfaction with GDP is widespread and there are many alternatives being trialed that focus on the well-being of people and planet for example the UN's human development and social development indexes well-being metrics genuine progress indicators a happy planet index and an initiative to use gross national happiness inextricably linked to metrics are incentives in 1996 the tomorrow's company inquiry from the UK's Royal Society of Arts showed that shareholder value as the only indicator of company success was damaging both the companies and to society and didn't even do a good job for shareholders About every five years, there is another big initiative somewhere saying much the same, the most recent being the Damascene conversion of the U.S. Business Roundtable to a point of view that sees a changed purpose for companies to promote an economy that serves all Americans. Oh, so this WEF really is targeting America and Americans the WEF wants to turn America into a state capitalist nation but in the real world it has been business as usual on incentives all this time venture capital companies and even mainstream institutional investors rarely include even the most basic questions about social and environmental risks in their investment criteria when piling cash into digital wonder companies. Those sorts of tricky questions are left to environmental and social governance funds, which, though growing, are a sideline to the main event, making as much money as possible. In the shortest possible time. Did you pick up on the brief environmental mention? Yes, the Green New Deal is at the base of the WEF's move to change America's free market capitalist system to a state capitalist system. So until these incentives change and those with money really put it where their mouth is, Or at least where the words in their investment brochures and Davos speeches are things will stay exactly the same and the fourth building block in this book called the Great Reset is to build genuine connection distance is the danger in the book humankind Rutger Bregman shows the heartbreaking consequence of the distance between leaders and the lives of the rest of us and how that is the biggest problem of all. He finishes his book with a look at the 1914 Christmas Day truce at the start of the First World War. Over 100,000 troops laid down their arms on the front line to play football, share stories, photos, food and drinks but it wasn't just a christmas day thing in some places this lasted a number of weeks with many servicemen remembering it as the highlight of their lives it could easily have escalated into full-scale peace as both sides were reluctant to restart only the dogged perseverance of generals far away who used propaganda to stir hate and instill obedience through orders to court martial anyone for friendly gestures towards the enemy, managed to kickstart the war again. These leaders' distance from the people was the critical factor. This may sound like a utopia, but what really is behind the scenes is the getting rid of national borders we're going to be just one big global family under the parentage of the United Nations beast but will we achieve this grand global warm fuzziness digital technologies have given many of us a lifeline during lockdown but also provide an illusion of connection anonymity provides cover for trolling fuels polarization, and allows all to feel superior to others from the comfort of our own little bubble. Our disconnection from nature helps us airbrush the effects of climate change, environmental degradation, and animal suffering From our minds the ultimate distance provided by autonomous weapons will allow detachment from the death and destruction of them at the press of a button they provided the conditions spoken of in that paragraph they created the problem and now we find out there is a solution we must get rid of national borders even though this book doesn't come right out and say that Rather, it puts the solution in terms of becoming a global community. Then we will all feel much better. The Bible is clear that there will be national borders around biblical Israel during the millennium. Each of the 12 tribes will have clear borders. Yahweh even commands that we don't move another's boundary marker. He is serious about borders, which is why Satan wants to destroy them. Meanwhile, back at all our homes, as COVID-19 has shown most clearly, we are blithely trusting total strangers, helping our neighbors and communities, giving time and money to charities near and far and providing billions of large and small kindnesses to each other every single hour of every single day, which, of course, goes unremarked and which, of course, is way different than the world before COVID. The World Economic Forum admits that COVID-19 was the key to the great change we are all now caught in what is the world economic forum doing to champion social innovation finding ways for technologies to harmonize not polarize and for us all to make deeper more meaningful connections with each other and with the natural world will reduce the distance that allows us to see our fellow humans as we truly are not other but just like us This is probably the most important building block of all to make the Great Reset the transformation our generation can look back on with pride and probably amazement. Technology, tracking technology implanted in your body will have you beaming with pride from ear to ear. I hope you can tell that I'm mocking the globalists I'm not the only one who mocks the WEF and the globalists Bitcoin News is calling out the WEF for its fascist agenda and reboot propaganda yes Bitcoin News the purveyor of news about digital currencies Less than two weeks ago, the International Monetary Fund managing director called for a new Bretton Woods moment. Meanwhile, the IMF is not the only entity pushing for a great reset as the World Economic Forum and other mainstream entities have been promoting the financial reboot propaganda. The WEF has been promoting the concept of a great reset for years. And back in November 2016, the WEF tweeted about eight predictions for the year 2030. The WEF predicts a world where you'll owe nothing and you'll be happy. And the short clip says that everyone will rent everything they need. And into whose pockets will this rental income go? Into the deep pockets of the state the state will own everything you will rent your life and your goods from the state it is not conspiracy theory that this great reset was planned and is now here read this book by the founder of W.E.F. The book describes how the virus disrupted both economic and social infrastructure and what changes will be needed to create a more inclusive resilient and sustainable world going forward ever since the great reset hashtag started trending again this week that's the last week of October 2020 people have also been responding to the 2016 WEF tweet Today, the WEF website and its founder, Klaus Schwab, are still heavily promoting this idea. Do we aim to get back to where we were before, or should we take the opportunity to make society fairer, smarter, and greener, and get humanity off the road to climate catastrophe? A great reset? One of the WEF's reboot editorial states? Moreover, the publication, Time Magazine, has dedicated a lot of time to get its readers to understand the Great Reset as well. Time has partnered with the WEF and hosts a whole section towards the Reset ideas. Similar to the book and WEF's stance, Time's new collection of Great Reset editorials discusses topics like the coronavirus, climate change, and reimagining capitalism. The Time articles are also filled with equality boosterism and environmental destruction cues from the progressive left. Oddly enough, one editorial notes that some segments of society can't make this great leap forward in regard to the Great Reset. However, the author says that governments can rewrite the social contract to provide for as many as possible remains, urgent and vital. And what will they do with those who can't, or read, won't, make the change? Um, uh, guillotines? The elite's Great Reset Doctrine is considered an advance toward a new type of political and global fascism. Not everyone is too keen on the Great Reset concept, and there's a number of hit pieces against the idea trending on the web. For a case in point, an editorial published by the publication Winter Oak calls the new trend Schwab's Fascist reset. This new fascism is today being advanced in the guise of global governance, biosecurity, the new normal, the new deal for nature, and the fourth industrial revolution, explains the Winter Oak article. The author adds, the original fascist project in Italy and Germany was all about a merger of state and business. While communism envisages the takeover of business and industry by the government, which theoretically acts in the interests of the people, fascism was all about using the state to protect and advance the interests of the wealthy elite. On Twitter, one of the authors of the HPV vaccine on trial, Eileen Lorio, told her 15,000 followers that the founder of the WEF wants to take this unprecedented opportunity to reset the world the Great Reset was founded in Davos and you don't get to vote on it climate change policies will be the cover story Time magazine loves it she added For quite some time now, free market advocates and Austrian economists have warned about the infectious political globalism spreading throughout the world. Meanwhile, central banks and politicians have been creating money out of thin air and feeding trillions to special interests. Winter Oak says that Schwab's agenda is based on his theory dubbed stakeholder capitalism, which has a number of extremely fascist elements. In a stakeholder capitalist-based world, the private sector is tightly tethered to the government and the notion that a firm focuses on meeting the needs of all its stakeholders, customers, employees, partners, the community, and society as a whole. There are many complicated parts to Yahweh's end-times scenario. All the factors form a confluence of situations and conditions designed to end our world as we know it the great resetters are fighting Satan's war to get permanent control of the planet our current age will be ended by Yahweh to usher in the next phase of humanity's development the weeding out of the rebellious from the obedient, the tares from the wheat, and separating the goats from the sheep. Do your part in this election if you feel called to do so. Just know that this election will not change the direction the world is going in under the hand of Yeshua, Yahweh, Elohim. I'm ready for it to be over and to be in Yeshua's kingdom with Him. Aren't you? That's it for this Beastwatch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastwatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.